0: Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And man, I love digging into stories of real entrepreneurs, real e commerce store owners that are out there making it happen. And you're going to love the story we're going to share today and the guest that I have on the podcast today. I was at Blue Ribbon a few months ago, Ezra Firestone's mastermind. Heard Jamie Cross tell her story and I was blown away and uh, grabbed her right after and said, Hey, you got to come on the podcast. And thankfully, she agreed. This episode of the e commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. And we are thrilled to underwrite this program and bring some amazing guests to you. I have a question for you How is your YouTube game? Are you using YouTube to help scale your e commerce business? Hopefully, You're using YouTube both as a remarketing vehicle and also for top of funnel growth. However, if you're like most e-commerce companies, then you're probably not fully leveraging YouTube. So I have two free resources for you. The first is a two-minute crash course on YouTube ads. I recorded this with the famous Ezra Firestone. So you can check that out by looking at the links in the show notes to this show. You can also Google Smart Marketer and two-minute crash course and you'll find the resource there. Also, we recorded a 90-minute webinar outlining exactly how we scale with YouTube. We talk about keys to a great YouTube ad. We talk about audience targeting. We talk about bidding, optimization, and much, much more. So I highly, highly recommend you check it out. You can also find that linked here in the show notes. It's also at the bottom of the two-minute crash course page. So check them out and start scaling with YouTube. And now, back to the show. I'm delighted to welcome Jamie Cross. She's the CEO of MIG Soap and has been uh, tremendously successful and has massive, massive plans and this huge vision for the future, which I'm really excited about. And so we're going to get into a topic that I love. And we're going to talk about story selling. And so we'll uh, un- uncover what that means here in just a moment. But with that, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Thank you, Brett. So great to be here. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, and love your story. Love the topic that you shared uh, in Seattle at Ezra's event. and so we're gonna we're gonna kind of dive in. we're gonna we're gonna uncover this subject called story selling and and you guys have done a beautiful job of this, and so we're gonna be going deep on what you guys are doing and how you're doing it and how that's worked for your business and things like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. first, I think it'd be fun for people to kind of hear the story of one, what does M-I-G stand for, right? So what, what is M-I-G, SOAP? And then let's do like the three to five minute origin story because you've got, you've got an amazing story. We're, we're both people of faith and I, I love the, the story of how you started your, your company. And I think this could be inspirational to some people as well. But, but first, what, is, what does M-I-G stand for?
1: Yeah, M-I-G stands for Mighty and Good.
0: Mighty and Good. And, and why did you land on that name?
1: Yeah, well MIG was one of the um it's part of the the dream that I had. I saw it in my dream coming up out of these oils and that was one of the things that I was really kind of like what is this MIG? And we went through phases of like maybe it's this, you know, what really speaks to who we are and as we began to really build depth in our brand Mighty and Good just something that we landed on cuz it's mm-hmm. it's not just our products, it's our culture, it's our sourcing, everything that we do is is literally Mighty and good,
0: so. Yep, I I absolutely love that. We talk a lot about, a lot at OMG Commerce about culture and how we help our team grow and develop. And we we talk about always being, uh, we're all about accelerating growth, individual team growth and our clients growth. But I think when, when you, when you begin to look at your business as we're more than just great products, right? We're more than just great marketing. We're more than just a good story. We are impacting the people that are on our team. We're impacting our customers impacting our suppliers. Like that, to me, that's when business becomes fun when you're doing more than just your your products, which you guys are, are absolutely doing. So um, walk us through uh, how, how did MIG come to be and what's your story that kind of kicked this thing off?
1: Yeah, so I found myself, um, I was in corporate banking years ago, finance, wealth management, um, all kinds of, just all the finance world and um came home to be home with our newborn and two years into full-time motherhood I found myself in the position where I think a lot of mothers find themselves you know is there more to life than changing diapers (laughs) I feel like there's more yes no there's something stirring in me big purpose I wanted to change the world and I grew up a dreamer, and I always wanted to do big things and so I was in this stage two years into full time motherhood where I felt like, man, I'm supposed to build something, I'm supposed to do something, and having given up a huge salary, my husband was a full time teacher and wrestling coach, and I think we were living on like eighteen hundred dollars a month after taxes and um we couldn't like we weren't paying our bills, and so there's just this sort of perfect storm of there's got to be more and we need a radical shift in our financial future. I looked at my future and it totally haunted me. So in one desperate night, I just lie in bed, bricks in my chest, just bawling my eyes out, <laughs> you know, crying out to God. And I asked him to show me a billion dollar idea so that I could change the world and leave a legacy for my family and went to church that Sunday. And in a raw state, just was kind of staring off and not really paying attention to the sermon and
0: I've had, had Sundays aware. like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like nursing my newborn, struggling through postpartum depression. and
0: I haven't had Sundays like that.
1: So, um, and my pastor, he stops the sermon, comes to the edge of the stage and gets everyone's attention and puts his hands on his heart and says, this has never happened to me before, but the Lord just spoke to my heart and said that there's a stay at home mom here. Who he wants to give a billion. I still cry when I tell the story because it's, it's just so
0: crazy. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, it's just, just yeah. Amazing. yeah.
1: So he just said who he wants. You know, the Lord spoke to my heart and said that there's a stay at home mom here who he wants to give a billion dollar idea to.
0: How crazy specific is that? And, and and first of all, like how crazy is it for the pastor even to say that? Right, that's putting himself <laughs> out there quite a bit. Like I could look really dumb if I say this and this doesn't happen, or if yeah, you know, everyone's just like crickets. But that was that was directly for you, which is
1: amazing. It totally was. And I was ready to jump out of my chair. But in my heart, I was just screaming, Lord, whatever you give me, I will be faithful with it. Just show me. Because I didn't want to throw my life against the wall like spaghetti and hope it stuck. You know, yeah. I to, it's Pretty risky. I think as visionaries too and entrepreneurs now, especially, it's easy for us to look at our future and say, man, I don't want to be 80 years old and look back on my life and think, I didn't build the life that. God put in me to build, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, and I
0: think that uh, to me, and I know to a lot of other people, and this was kind of an important shift that I think entrepreneurs need to make. It, it's that that understanding that if I try something big and it fails, that would be mm-hmm. tough. But if I never try, and if I have this haunting feeling mm-hmm. that I could have done more, I had something inside of me that the world needed, that other people needed, and I never let that out. Yes. That would haunt you way more than than a failure, right? We all have failures, and we grow from failures. That that's like that's part of it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, yeah, really powerful. So you heard the pastor almost this prophetic word, oh. right? Uh, where do right. you go from there? Soap doesn't, by the way, uh, just like a little commentary. Soap doesn't sound like the most logical billion dollar idea. Just just throwing that out there. <laughs> so where exactly. where did you go from from here?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so to and to actually to, to kind of capitalize on what you're saying starting something big, every vision starts with being faithful with the little things. And Mm -hmm. for me, it was, I woke up, told my husband, I'm going to start a skincare company. And I had to learn chemistry and Ayurvedic medicine. I went out that day and found books and I was pulling like chemistry books off the shelf at the library and Ayurvedic medicine and naturopathic healing. And I did my own research for a year and then formulated our first bar of soap that after that first year. And so, um, but people think that the the destination is the dest like is the journey, or no? That the destination is like that's where what it's all about. But ultimately, we've all heard it: the journey is the destination. Who we're becoming yeah. in that process? Yeah. Yep, that's what it's all about. So started, launched our product after a year of research, and I mean, two a.m. like nursing babies, studying chemistry, a subject I had failed in high school. That's awesome. The but now, now
0: you have a reason to study, right? And sometimes in high school, you're like, I know. Use, never I'm never going
1: to use this. Yeah, periodic
0: right. table, That'd... I don't need this stuff. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah, so um, took my product. Here's here's another thing. It's like, okay, now I have a product. I have people come to me, they're like, how do I make money? I'm like, well, what do you have in your hands? Well, I have an insurance company. Okay, go sell insurance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I have this soap. I need to go sell it. So I'm just walking up and down the streets of Denver, calling my mom saying, hey, can you load the babies up? Because I need to work. So she would drive eight hours a day slowly while I would walk into these stores asking for owners and buyers and showing up in my stilettos, like ready to do business with these people. Hustling. Yeah. And so I did that for wholesale retail for a year. Then I jumped into farmer's markets because I wanted to go deep with our, our audience and understand what people really wanted. And it was like four years of R&D. Proved our product, came to the point where like ninety-five percent of people are coming back to my table after going back to the drawing board thousands of hours and reformulating and reworking my my whole like what I my offer basically. And came to the point where ninety-five percent of people are saying, My acne's gone, my eczema is gone, my wow. spice is wow. gone. Olympic athletes are saying... Which
0: which was that... Was that the intent? I mean, I know you... So you studied chemistry, you studied Ayurvedic medicine, if I said that correctly. Uh, Was the intent to to have this healing property or were you just trying to create soap that was clean and that was healthy?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a farm girl and I'm just super... I I understand a lot about the Bible even... Or not the Bible, the body at that point, you know, that your body is designed to heal itself. And so... I didn't want to just create a product. I wanted to create something that was like naturopathic medicine Mm -hmm. in skincare. And of course, going through farmer's markets where there's three other companies selling, like they would send their people to my table and listen to my pitch and listen to my thing and like try to hack my products. And they'd be launching and saying my, like they'd be stealing all my stuff. So I had Mm -hmm. to get really aggressive about who am I? Yes. And what yes. do we stand for? And what is this brand that I'm building? And how are we going to separate ourselves in a saturated market where everybody wants to do, like what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. So I got really good at that because I'm like, I will dominate, and you cannot touch me. And so, <laughs> I was like,
0: yeah, um, I, I love. There's so many things we could dive in, right, dive into right here. One, just your your obsession as you dug into the science and the chemistry and you obsessed about building a great product. That's actually a theme that's come across multiple interviews I've done recently uh, with several have not been released yet, but with some pretty big names just talking about, Hey, really the quality of the product is is almost more important now than any marketing strategy or anything like that. So I love that you did that. I also love that as you got into the marketplace competition is fierce, right? And there's some unscrupulous players out there or even just good people. They're trying to make a living too. And they're, they're trying to take from what you're doing. And so you got to be, you got to be dogged and you got, you got to say, okay, who are we as a company? I'm going to be very clear. I'm going to be tenacious. I'm going to be good at sharing the story. And so uh, love that you did all of those things. So, so how did you kind of land on here's our, here's our story or here's who we are?
1: Yeah, that's funny. I mean, so farmer's markets, you're talking to thousands of people. Mm -hmm. I'm in in like seven or eight farmer's markets with a whole team after our first year. And so I'm talking to a lot of people telling this story over and over again. And I'm literally like shaping the the delivery. It's almost like when the first draft, you've got the second draft. Like you're Mm -hmm. writing, you're taking the truth about your story and you're saying how... How do we tell this in a poetic way, in a way that, you know, because if I, if I told everyone, you know, I, it's like, I learned how to make a bar soap and then I launched a company. They're like, oh, that's boring. But if I go back, <laughs> like the emotion of what was going on during that yeah. time, so yeah. I, just, I was recrafting and going deeper and deeper into the, the poetry of the story. Cause we, that we all have that, you know, there's a reason that we do what we do.
0: And, and the beauty of what you were able to do is that you could, you could w- watch people's faces, right? You could see the reaction. You could see, did this land? Did this not land? Did did mm-hmm. people perk up or did their eyes glaze over? Did they lean in or did they kind of start yeah. looking around? Like you, you got that instant feedback. I heard, I was reminded uh, I had a client dinner uh, the other day one of my clients who was in the automotive space and, he said he believes everybody that's gonna write copy or be in marketing at all should do door-to-door sales for a little while. And that and that, yeah. that concept may be a little slightly antiquated because there's not a lot of door-to-door sales, but doing something like what you did or just being eye to eye with people, sharing a message and reading people, so important in, in you learning how to craft a solid message, a message yes. that resonates.
1: You're speaking my language. I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you're gonna go straight to digital and you have no proof of concept. You need to be in a room with people and you're talking about what I call EQ selling, being able to be responsive and, you know, changing your inflection and and a good salesperson knows how to... What do you mean
0: by EQ? I know the acronym, but for those that don't...
1: Oh yeah. So it's emotional intelligence, basically, EQ versus IQ. Right, right, right. You could be the smartest person in the world and not know how to sell somebody a bar of soap, you know? But the best salesmen in the world know how to read people and respond and adjust inflection and know where people are glazing over because you have to shift sometimes or, you know, and the last person to speak takes that product home. So I learned how to respond and sell and then be quiet. And sometimes those three or four minutes, they're looking at my product, they're smelling it, and I'm not saying a word. Like I watch people talk people out of their sales just by. Over talking, you know. <laughs> so I did so that, and went through that for four years, and really came to a point where our business. And every time there's been expansion, it's been like, "Okay, Lord, show me what's next." And I knew going and scaling online, I had avoided wholesale retail. I knew that retail was dying, so we went from farmers markets to okay, I need to expand our digital strategy. So found Russell Brunson. Long story short, went from like farmers markets, hundred twenty thousand dollars every summer, just paying the bills, you know, to scaling from um, doing a thousand dollars our first day online. Once I finally had funnel hacked, and that took me about three months figuring out my copy, my offer, the whole process. Um, did a thousand dollars our first day, hundred thirty thousand in our first six weeks, and then we've done Dude. over five million in less than two years.
0: It's amazing. Amazing love it Russell Brunson's a good dude we actually did a project together back in 2009 so he's he's a friend and so yes. keep up with what they're doing with click funnels it's, it's amazing so uh, so that's awesome so he went he shifted online uh, exploded online and so I uh, want to really dig into this this topic and we've been kind of we've been teeing it up and kind of getting ready for it but uh, story selling and and I know this this has its origins back in your farmers' market days when you were Pitching and sharing that story, uh, but what what is story selling, and why is it so important for e-commerce?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And one of the first things I I had to shift from going like farmers markets, where people can pick up my product, smell it, try it, and now you're online, and it's like, how do we make this product come to life to people? And stories are the best way to do that. You can write a description of a product we talked about this at Blue Ribbon where i'm like here's some really bad descriptions guys don't do this <laughs> you know <laughs> don't just talk about the product because ultimately what we're doing is we're speaking to the soul of the person that's has a need and we want to we want to we want them to see themselves experiencing our products enjoying them and all of that so we can make the whole experience come to life with story
0: Love it. What's some of the psychology behind Mm. storytelling and and why why do stories capture us and resonate with us in in such a powerful way?
1: Oh, yes. One thing I loved about teaching about this was I really dug deep into the science of storytelling and what it does to our brains. And so not only for the, the audience, but for the person telling the stories, there's a chemical reaction in our brain where you're releasing oxytocin you know, the love drug, you're, you're releasing all these chemicals in your brain that causes attachment and, um, like a high and you're, you're happy. And you're like, so you're hearing this story and it's like, I'm making a connection now. There's what's called, um, uh, oh, I think training, I think, or entrainment. And it's when your mind and like basically your brain connects with the storyteller and then that product, there's just this whole engagement that happens. So the more you can tell story, and how many of us watch movies and we don't get bored sitting there in a seat for two and a half hours? But you know, we can't wait to see what happens, the transformation in the story. And um, but the whole the whole chemical reaction is just fascinating. Your your brain is literally like. Give me more story.
0: It, it's so interesting, and and yeah, that, that's a that's a perfect example, right? We we binge watch different series on Netflix, or we sit through three and a half hours of yeah. uh, uh, the end game, uh, whatever the new Avengers End Game or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, because we're we're made like to to love story, and and there is the chemical release, and there's a connection. There's something very scientific that happens, uh, which you don't have to know all that to be able to leverage story, but it's kind of cool to know that this is why people connect to brands that are part of the reason why, because of the, the story, the story they're telling themselves, the story they're hearing from the brand. That's what really causes loyalty and people, you know, falling in love with the brand. Um, so uh, let, let's talk about uh, you. You told the story, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here. So if you don't remember, it's no big deal. But I uh, told the story about a journalist who purchased some products on eBay and then resold them. Uh, yeah. Did you remember kind of the gist of that story? Because I think that does have uh, yes. a, a powerful uh, it's a powerful example of how important the story is.
1: Yeah. So this journalist gathers a bunch of um, other writers together, and he's like, "We're going to do an experiment." He buys all this, basically all this junk on eBay pays two hundred dollars for, for I believe it was like a hundred different items. So he he literally like paid two
0: bucks a piece. Like it. this is this is this is not valuable stuff here.
1: Yeah, exactly. And at for every different product, they wrote a story for each one, and he ended up turning around, turning that two hundred dollars into eight thousand dollars, and so. It was just Think about like the percentage in when you, and, and, and it's true, like even in our products going from in the very beginning, I was writing descriptions, you know, quote descriptions where it's just like, this is what this product is. This is how you use it to literally personifying the experience. Um, and we don't have any problems selling our product.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. This is like a 40 extra turners So maybe if I'm doing my math right of taking, you know, these $2 items and then selling them for an average of 80 or whatever. Uh, that's amazing. So uh, let, let's talk about this. How did you, and you kind of alluded to it just a minute ago, but how did you get story wrong in the beginning? Mm-hmm. So as you were writing your descriptions and talking about your products, what, what was, what, what did you have off there? Or, or what was the, what were elements of that that were not connecting with people?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um I was just when I first started, I was just giving people facts. You know, I had a dream and I learned how to make soap and now here we are. <laughs> you know.
0: And this contains lavender or whatever is in yeah, the soap. Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. People really don't actually care about ingredients. They care about the story. And so I went from just sharing facts about not only my story, but the product origin story, stories into what was going on like the the emotional aspect, like the transformation that happened in me as a woman, as I was beginning to go through this whole process. And, um, and of course we know that there's a 30 second version and there's a three hour version and there's like a weekend event where you can tell, like extend your story out. And so for me, it was going deeper on the emotional, bringing the actual story and going, getting past the facts and into now when I talk about beeswax, Because people ultimately don't care about beeswax unless they know, it takes three hundred pounds of honey to produce one pound of beeswax. And I have, like, I just went out to our bee farms and met with our bees and our bee farmer, who has hives all across the front range. And our beeswax smells like honey and it's bright orange and it does like these three things for your body: it's vitamin A and collagen and it helps fight acne and all these things. And so then people are like, "Oh my gosh, now I care about beeswax Hmm. because there's a story."
0: And I think what's interesting about that is, and, and I haven't seen specific research around this. This is more anecdotal, but I, I'm confident it's true. When someone hears the story, so now, that they, now they hear about you, you're, you're traveling to the bee farm and kind of picture that in their head. You meet, you're meeting with the bees. I don't know if you're talking to the bees or what, like, I, kind of observing why? them, <laughs> meeting with the bee farmer. Yeah, like, but also 300 pounds of honey, get one pound of beeswax. You talk about the color and what's in it and all these things. I bet you, people's enjoyment of your product goes up when they hear the story, right? I, I, can think of, I can think of so many times when I've been to a restaurant, actually this doesn't happen all that often, but I go to a restaurant, someone's just really passionate about telling the story of this is how this, this steak was aged and seasoned and cooked and, and yes. this, these are all farm to table vegetables and here's how the, the process goes. I enjoy that so much more than if they would said, yeah, these are fresh uh, fresh vegetables. I think you're gonna like them.
1: Yes, yeah. and not only that, but as an entrepreneur, And as a business owner, and I've heard Ezra talk about this, but when you have a a brand and especially built on story, if we're not, the businesses that aren't charging premium prices probably will not be in business long because you have to be premium to, to hold on. And so the more story you tell, like I bet you, if you knew that this was grass fed beef from local rancher who has been around for a hundred years and he's got a fifth generation ranch and like you said, farm to table, you'd probably pay $30 for that steak Absolutely. as opposed to $8 at, yep. you know.
0: And my enjoyment would have been higher. I would have been more grateful for that meal, more excited about that meal yeah. than if I'd paid less and had known less.
1: Yeah, so, but you so. can charge more when you start incorporating story because then people are like, oh, I understand the premium nature of this mm-hmm. thing. Yep.
0: And I think that, that's part of understanding what people want. And what's going to maximize their their value perception and their enjoyment and all that, and really story is, is a big part of it. So, uh, talk about what what are you getting right now. So in terms of story, because I think you guys are just nailing this in in so many ways. But uh, what what are you getting right now, and what's what's kind of your process as you look to to tell your story, you know, about specific products even?
1: Yeah. So I did our set. We had our own little MIG event here. We had a, a resort in the mountains and, and I started telling and talking about...
0: And this was for your customers or, or who is this for?
1: These are for women that are basically ambassadors or affiliates for us. Awesome.
0: Business. Awesome.
1: They're like, we want to know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized how much people want to know, how did you come up with the lotion bar? And when I tell people that I formulated this lotion in the first year and a half, I didn't have the formulation right. And I was getting feedback from people over and over and over again. And I had to go back. And so I was literally like my day when I was, Nathan was still working full time. I'm full time mom. I'm putting the babies to bed at eight o'clock at night. And my day began and I sat at the kitchen for months every night, like taking my 12 ingredients or my 14 ingredients and saying, how do I adjust these? And so just going deeper into the process because there's so much richness and I've been in business now for nine years as of f- Saturday, it was October 5th. So nine years I've been in business now. And there's just so Congratulations, much-
0: Congratulations, by the way. I think it's a very tiny percentage of businesses that make it that long. So congrats. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Yeah. Um, but what, so everything we do in business is about speaking, in my opinion, speaking to the soul of, of a human being and meeting a need. And so there are things that women, are. most of our- most of our community are, are women who are moms and they do have dreams and they want to like, live this powerful life. And when, we can, when I can tell the story of where I came from and the pain that I went through to get where I am and that, hey, God has put something inside of you too, then they're like, there's so much community and energy around what we're doing because of bringing so many of those emotional stories to life. Um, and I've heard Russell say this a lot, but don't, um, underestimate the power of your own story. There was a lot, there were years where I thought nobody wants to hear my story. They just want products that work, you know, and the more I've especially just learned about digital marketing, the more I'm like, wow, people really want to know the details when it Mm -hmm. pertains to them, when they can connect with what you're saying on an emotional level. When I, it's not just about our stories. It's because we talk about this too, like somebody comes here about us page. It's not really about us; it's about them. Yes. I do really tell that story in a way that makes them see themselves engaged with your brand.
0: Mm, I love that. So, look, 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 pick pick one of your products, and I'll leave it up to you. Pick one. What What are some of the and describe some of the elements you use for that product to develop this story, both to give the the details and kind of connect with people at the soul level, which is what what they want. And also then to allow them to see themselves using it, benefiting from it, all all that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So first is I, I always introduce our lotion bar, which we're gonna change it to um, the serum stick because <laughs> it, it's more of a serum product. Got it. But I, I give them like a really quick new opportunity statement because people don't want an improvement offer. We've learned they want new they they want a new opportunity. I said that right. Right. They don't want an improvement offer. Yeah. They want a new opportunity. Got it. So the first thing is this serum stick, you leave it in your shower and right before you get out, while your skin is still wet, you're going to apply it all over. And then you don't need to reapply lotion for 24 hours. And they're like, that's impossible. I have to apply my lotion every three, four hours and my skin is still like alligator. And then, so it immediately peaks, like, why does that work so well? So then I talk about The next step is, well, the reason it's a new opportunity is because this is a waterless lotion bar. And if you look at the ingredients on your lotion right now, water is probably the first or second ingredient. And scientifically, water attracts water. So when you're putting water-based lotion on your skin, it's pulling water from your skin and releasing it to the air. Mm -hmm. What you need is a humectant, and that's what beeswax does. And so then I talk about the three secrets this is kind of where my perfect webinar comes in and I talk about the three secrets of beeswax and why it's so powerful for your skin and then at that point people are so intrigued and they try the product and then I'm like here's the mom story about how I came up with this and discovered this and like spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in my kitchen burning the midnight oil you know taking care of sick babies and reformulating so that I can deliver and like meeting with farmers and sourcing raw ingredients and bypassing the whole like big beauty industry and controlling our own, own process because we manufacture all of our own products. And and then they're like, tell me more about everything because I just love the story, you know, mm. and I love the new opportunity. And then I tried your product and it actually works. And now I can't live without the product. So there's this trifecta of good story you want repeat purchases. So you have to like marketers. I have heard like the product doesn't, people have actually told me the product doesn't matter. And I'm like, I want to restore the art of true, true business, you know, yeah,
0: like, true, true craftsmanship. Like craftsmanship,
1: true, Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's important,
0: have, and that's, that's what people want to, I think that, that is, is a trend and it makes sense. Like people want to buy quality products and they even seeing that, the millennials like the younger millennials that that you know aren't aren't you know making their full potential income yet they're they're buying nicer things but maybe just fewer things and so there there's this desire for quality products and yes. and true craftsmanship which which I think is is really important and so I love what you do there you know you've got this this good story like this human element of stay or uh, you know mom trying to make it happen putting kids to bed then working late at night mm-hmm. a f- full year formulating this this Product and then uh, the science of why it works, and not not the science to the level of, I feel like I'm in science class right now, and I want (laughs) to want to nod off. But you're giving enough to say, oh, that makes sense. Water attracts water. If I put on lotion, um, it actually causes a need for more lotion, right? It's almost like it's leaching water out of your body. Yeah, it's dehydrating
1: your skin. Yeah.
0: So as you see that, and then whatever word you humectant or something, I i never heard that word (laughs) before. Uh, But as you're saying that, like that makes sense. Like I, I I get it. I get the science behind it. Um, and now I feel like you've taught me something. You've inspired me a little bit, and and you've 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 caused me to say maybe like maybe this is maybe this is what I'm looking for. Maybe this is the new opportunity that I should be exploring for my skin. So
1: yeah, and you said something. There's kind of like here's what people need to do as they're building brands because we know brand is basically the essence, the character, the nature the, it's like the living, breathing, active aspect of your business. It's mm-hmm. not packaging. It's not labels and logos and websites. That's not brand. It's just sort of an external um, manifestation of what the brand really is. But you use the word quality. The part of my journey too was starting to get away from words that people glaze over on like, okay, I've heard quality before. I've heard natural before. So I had to start asking myself, how can I describe this in a way that doesn't use the typical buzzwords that cause people to be like, Okay, yeah, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. You know what makes you different, and now they're causing skepticism. So, as your branding starting to change your entire vernacular, like in our whole community now, I have an entire like long list of dictionary words that belong to us. Almost like with what um, it's kind of like what the workout people. What do they call it again? The, uh, the- CrossFit. Crossfit like they have their own
0: like the wod workout of the day. Yeah,
1: yes. Okay. People were like when they get into that community they're like hey high five like I know, you know, like there's the, the own lingo and so mm-hmm. I started to really shape a lot of our vernacular around truth. Like you got to hear like what's true and we're going to get away from words like quality and natural because yeah. nobody people they, they've real.
0: lost all meaning. People want quality, but they don't want to hear the word quality, right? You got you to yeah. show it. You got to prove it.
1: Yeah, gotta you got to make feel it. What that is come to life, a story like you're saying.
0: Yep. Yep. Any, any other words you use in, in place of quality or are you just trying to tell the story in such a way that, that, it, that it speaks, that it communicates and implies quality?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and this, I can tell you too, because people think now they see what we're doing. They're like, wow, she like, she did this overnight. And I'm telling you, like, I <laughs> had to craft yeah, a
0: decade craft. in the making, but yeah, overnight. Yes,
1: It took me years to figure out like, how can we say this in a way? And now my mind is a lot more sharpened to, we're going to change this from this to this because this is more activating. And so like, Quality is a word that instead of quality, we say, I've I've created the true beauty philosophy. And so now it's like, in our true beauty philosophy, it's about beauty from the inside out. It's about purity. It's about like, we have our core pillars and seven pillars of true beauty and it's detox. So now when they hear quality or instead of quality, they hear true beauty and they, they associate it with detox and healing and all of our seven pillars. And we just, we've gone deep on this idea by bringing a whole philosophy and methodology to life.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, we talked about, you know, allowing customers to see themselves using the product and, and to see themselves benefiting from it and living this, this new life or this new experience because of the product. One of the great ways to do that is through testimonials. and I know you guys get a, a ton of very authentic, real, powerful testimonials. How do you use those? How do you use testimonials to, to shape your storytelling and story selling?
1: Yeah, for sure. A lot of times, um, sometimes on some of our testimonials, we'll actually call the customer or a customer will call in and tell us the story behind the testimonial. And we'll highlight that either in our emails or, um, and a lot of times even just in our ads, it's so great to take a snapshot of a testimonial, just quote it and then, um, and then highlight the story aspect. And so for instance, um, a woman calls and she's like, I have, my son has been on medication for his skin since he was six months old. We've tried everything. Um, and I've now been using your, your lotion bar for three days and his skin has cleared up. And so taking like a little, like the, almost like the power phrase in that whole thing, highlighting that one thing and then going into the story in, in your copy. Or in the email, or like, hey, we had a lady call, and then people are immediately like, "Oh, what happened when she called?" You know, yeah. I want to know.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think one one good element, uh, or one one thing that a, a great testimonial can do, is it can it can communicate things that you can't. Uh, you know, you, you can talk about the uh, you know the 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 you know purity and detox and this true beauty concept. But, but making really big and bold claims. I know, I know some industries are limited on the, the claims they can talk about even with testimonials. But when someone says something like that, like we've tried everything with my son and in three days, you know, things were cleared up. That's super powerful. You can't say something that powerful on your own without that testimonial. So exactly. that, that's great.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're like, wow, if that worked for her, will that work for me?
0: Yep. Yep. And so then how are you weaving those in? So you're, you're sharing those testimonials and... Email and video content and other things? How, how are you using them specifically?
1: Yeah, we use them in our ads. We use it in our email. Our emails are really like journal entries. So we tell a lot of story in our email. And um, we use And, it and in- how,
0: how often, like just a couple of mechanic questions there or a couple of detailed questions that are interesting. Like how often are you emailing? Does mm-hmm. every email have an offer in it? Is some just story? How, how, how do you go about that? Because I think you guys do a great job of email marketing.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. um, Well, thanks to Ezra Firestone too. as a really great format. Um, You know, how often do you, like we have, we actually have a a whole um, email strategy around how often are we doing like educating or in our educating, are we creating offers? How often are we just telling just the story in a way that connects with people emotionally, Um, like our gives versus our asks. But we email five times a week and we do like one ask a week. And I think sometimes it's even like one every week and a half. And then a lot of it is just educating people in a way where they're like, man, if that's the truth about that product or that ingredient, I should try it. So we don't even have to ask. All yes. we have to do is edu, um, uh, Ezra said this as well. He's like, edutain people, you educate yep. them while you entertain them with story. And it, that works really well.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so a couple things uh, as we kind of wrap up here because we're about out of time. What, what advice would you give? What resources would you give for someone that says, okay, I, I, I believe the story of my brand and my products is a little bit lacking. Mm-hmm. What, what resources have been inspirational help, or helpful for you? And, and what would you uh, recommend people check out?
1: Yeah, you know... Um... For me, I think it was a lot of trial and error. If I, had some, if I had known about story selling books earlier, I probably would have like made a lot more sales a lot faster. Yeah. But I know that there are some good story selling books out there. I can't think off the top of my head. But continu- I, what I would do is I would go through all of... Um, and I can share some of the slides for my presentation if you want, where it's like, here's... A-
0: a oh, that'd be great. Yeah.
1: Yep. versus taking that description and how you, how do you turn that into a storyline now? Cause you want to look at, you want to look at your, you know, all of your descriptions on your website, on your Amazon mm-hmm. and how do you, cause you don't have to write like a five, you don't have to write a book. It can be like on our pounds, you know, there's like this little tiny mini romance story and people are like, oh, I want to try that pound stuff, you know, cause I, now I feel like the romance in the air. <laughs> um, but it's,
0: Pounce. That's such a great name, by the way. I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So I would love it. Yeah, if you'll share the slides, we'll link to those in the show notes so people can kind of check those out at ecommerceevolution.com and look for, look for the episode with Jamie. And uh, I think that's a, that's a fantastic idea. I will share one book I mentioned on the podcast before, but um, it's called um, uh, How to Build a Story Brand. Oh, Donald yes. Miller.
1: Story Brands, yes. I
0: love, I love Donald Miller's writing. I like some of yes. his older books as well. Just very honest, very raw. But the How to Build a Story Brand, he does a great job of saying, hey, your product should be the hero. The customer is the hero. Show them how your product makes them the hero. That's when you yes. win. Um, exactly. Such a good, such a good resource. Uh, I also recommend, and you've done just a great job of, you know, connecting with people like Russell and Ezra and others and just learning from them. I think people should learn from you. So go to MIG Soap subscribe to that email list. Check it out. You'll learn from it. You'll begin to see Jamie's formula and Jamie's approach in your team. And I know you got great copywriters and stuff on your team too. Um, so check that out. Any, anything else you'd recommend? So what else should people check out other than going, uh, of course, and buying one of everything you have?
1: Uh, <laughs> what,
0: else, what else would you recommend? How can people connect with you?
1: Oh, you know, um, probably the best thing is the Her Effect podcast. So I'm talking a lot about marketing now and um, just kind of getting that off the ground, but that's probably the best
0: way. It's called the her effect. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the. I love the trend of um, women having a more powerful, more influential voice. I think they've always had an influential voice, but now it just seems more public in, in a lot of ways, which is which is fantastic. I don't mm-hmm. remember if I told you, but I have, I have six daughters, so I'm, I'm pretty uh, uh, pretty pumped. We have eight kids, six are, are girls, and so. Mm-hmm. Pretty passionate about that process of wanting them to, you know, be fully confident and mm-hmm. and live the life they're called to live and 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 not to be bashful and all those things. So, um, fantastic! So, her effect podcast. We'll link to that. Uh, are you on the socials? Is is the is the podcast on Facebook and LinkedIn and, and places like that?
1: Um, it will be soon. Okay. <laughs> right okay. now, it's just iTunes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's perfect. So we'll we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, With that, Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been a ton of fun. It's been inspirational. It's been really, really good. So appreciate you doing this.
1: Thank you so much, Brett. It's so great to talk.
0: Awesome. Uh, Thanks to you also for for tuning in. Uh, We'd love to hear your feedback. So let us know other topics you'd like us to discuss. We welcome your your feedback uh, on the site or on the socials. Uh, Also love to get that Uh, review on itunes that helps other people discover the podcast Uh, with that until next time thank you for listening all right that's a wrap thank you